Hey y'all, hey, how y'all doing today? Welcome back. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Survival, Surviving Those Hostile Workplace. And let me just tell y'all the story. So this on this channel, that's what we do. I am sharing with y'all true stories, true events, and true situations of real situations, real things that really happened to me that I had to live through, go through, struggle through. And it's just... It's cathartic, and that's what it is. It may not seem to serve any purpose to you, but knowledge and or entertainment. But for me, it's cathartic because sometimes we go through things and then there's no one who understands how we feel. There's We can't talk about it or talk to anyone about it, or people just choose to take a blind eye and a deaf ear to what it is you're saying. They don't care, they never experienced it and so they can't connect to it and they don't even really care how it affected you. So that's what this is about, that's what I'm doing. This is my own um, therapy and self-care and if you get anything from it or learn anything from it or if you're entertained by it, then so be it. It's the, the, it, it, it serves a purpose somehow. So I'm gonna tell you about a situation where I was in the training department where I was an instructor and teacher of um, many different things for new people who were new hires and people who were um, who were already working at the organization. So they may have to have um, you know yearly classes or modules that they needed to take, or maybe it was monthly, or maybe it was depending on you know new things that was coming down the system. So a new process or a new way of doing things. So that's what I did. I train people there um, in, the, in the human resource department, just, you know, just training. But a little bit about my background is that I'm a teacher. So I have been teaching for many years. So instructing and teacher are not the same thing though. So teachers make sure that you get the information and you have the knowledge and you implement that to your ability of understanding. <clears throat> An instructor shows you how to do something, and once you demonstrate that you can do what they've done, they'll pass you along. So you don't necessarily have to know how to do the thing or understand it. Um, they just want you to, to do it. They just want to see your action, not your understanding, your action, which is different from a teacher. So that's what we were doing. But we were, we had a contract uh, uh, the organization I work with has a contract with American Heart Association. Now, American Heart are supposed to be, so they say, um, on their policy and procedures in their book, it says they're very strict about how they um, how they instruct or, or the implementation of instructing and teaching their materials. And they say it's because, you know, at the beginning of it, it said life is why. Because when you're learning CPR and first aid, it is to save somebody's life. And so they supposedly are very strict about how you instruct and the way that it is um, the way that you learn the procedures and the techniques because if you do those techniques or procedures incorrectly, it could cost somebody their life instead of saving their life. So with this, the contractor agreement with the state and American Heart Association <clears throat> was that they were supposed to follow these particular guidelines that they set in place. So any instruction manual, it gives you, it, it, it will start off with how many instructors it should be per class or, you know, instructions 
per student, there's a ratio, there's a teacher-student ratio that you need to follow. And the reason why they have that is because in their studies, they have figured out that in order for the students to get the information um, correctly and implement the procedures properly, they need that one-on-one time and they need to make sure that the instructor is available, present, and, and has the ability to make sure to check off these people correctly so that they can see them and not be overwhelmed by having too many students and somebody falls through the cracks. So in order to prevent this from happening, they have a student-teacher ratio. So if you are a new instructor, you have, you're able, you have less experience, less years. So it, and it goes by years of experience because your instructor license is for two years. So if you've only been teaching for two years or less, meaning you're a brand new instructor, you have less students that you're able to um, check off and monitor. So it starts off with six years. I'm sorry, like, uh, it starts off with a two years, you can only have six students by yourself. And if you have a class that's more, that has more than six, so even, so basically, so here's an example. Um, say you are first, um, your instructor, this is your first year instructing. So you have two years or less. You can only teach six students. So if you have seven students in the class, you need to have an additional instructor. That's just how it is. So um, what happened is that I, it was my first year instructing. And so my teacher-student ratio was six, six maximum. Now, if you look in the instruction manual, it says if you have 12 students um, that you should have an additional instructor. So I looked at the class roster and I see that there's eight people had signed up to take that class. So I go to my, my supervisor, the TPA, and I say to her, hey, this class, you know, I'm teaching this uh, first aid class and it has eight people in there and I can only teach six by myself. So she just looks at me because, you know, I don't know if you all, <laughs> let me just give you a little bit of background. She made it known to everybody in the department, all her friends, that she didn't want to hire me, that she wanted to hire her friend that she went to school with. And it's funny because the friend was actually hired, her start date was a month before me. So she did hire her. So why she continued to mistreat me is uh, it will continue to unfold. I'll tell you about that. So she didn't like me because she didn't care. But her dislike for me for no apparent reason um, initiated her breaking the rules and breaking the policy, breaking the procedure, and breaching the contract with the American Heart Association and putting people's lives in danger. When I say people's lives, everybody who was in that class, anybody that they come in contact with, their life is in danger. Anybody that was under my instruction by myself, <laughs> they all, everybody's life is in danger. If you come across, if, you, um, if you're choking and one of these people gonna help you, it's a possibility that they may not do the technique correctly and that's because of the negligence of this TPA. So here's what happened. So I went and tell her that there's, you know, I need help, I need another instructor. Now, there is another instructor who is free, meaning he has no classes. Actually, it's not just one, but there are three instructors that had no class. They were not scheduled to teach any class at all that day. One instructor was on his phone, um, on Facebook, and watching YouTube videos. I did ask him personally to help me. He did not. Another instructor 
claimed that she was gonna come and help me and she told me to text her and she'll come in and help me. She never came in there. Instead, she was on personal calls and she left on the clock and went to the store. And this is like normal behavior. She always does it. To this day, she still does it. She'll still leave on the clock and, and be doing personal um, errands and things like that for her family. And, and that's because the TPA is her friend. So she's able to do that. And they cover for each other. And then, you know, the supervisor on top of that supervisor, they're all friends, they're all sorority sisters. So, you know, this is how these systems go. Then there was another person who, another instructor who um, didn't have any classes. Now, mind you, all three of these people had more than two years of teaching experience because they had been there more than two years. So they all were experienced veterans and they had longer time teaching than I did. So they really technically could have had more students, but they all refused to come and help me because um, this was a systematic um, bullying. This was a systematic mistreatment. So because this TPA had hired her friends, she had already instructed and coerced them to mistreat me and to bully me. So they all were in cahoots together. They were all working together in the mistreatment of and discrimination of the one person, me. But the things that they were doing affected more than just me. So the, we go on with it. So I ended up having 13 people. Now, if you go and look at, you can go on Google this and see what American Heart Association says is the teacher class, uh, um, the student to teacher ratio for teaching first aid and CPR classes. And I'm sure you'll find that one person should not be teaching 13 students. So that's what ended up happening. And let me tell you, I got the receipts because I still have the original paperwork in my possession today. And the reason I have the original paperwork is because when I brought this to the, um, what is it called, the HR managers, um, I, I actually put it in the email, so I have that as well. When I brought it to his attention that we violated the contractor agreement and the instructions from the American Heart Association, um, I also contacted American Heart, they didn't do anything. So I, I told him in an email what they had done. They went and changed the paperwork. So what happens is the people write their own name and the date in their own handwriting on the paperwork. So the paperwork that they actually turned in was all in the same handwriting because they went and rewrote it because at the end of it, I signed my name because I was the one that checked them off and I was the one that taught them and I did it by myself. And I wasn't supposed to because I was only supposed to have six people total. So they, in the system, put the other, another instructor's name on there who never went into the classroom, never taught anything, never checked anybody off. That's called falsifying documentation, right? This is state facility. They did that. So that's what they did. But I reported it because I didn't want any parts of that. Because if something were to happen, like I said, if these people go out here and they have this um, certification card saying that they're certified to do first aid and CPR, and it has my name on there or I was the instructor, if they do something incorrectly that caused somebody to have bodily harm or cause their death, then not only are they responsible, but I'm liable as well. So I reported it because I had did all that I could to make sure that I was following the proper channels and procedures, but I can't make people come and help me in this class. I can't make people comply with the policy if they are, um, if they have their mindset on doing the wrong thing. 
So needless to say, I still have the paperwork to this day because no one did anything to not one person. They turned a blind eye and a deaf ear to what was right and what was wrong. They did not follow procedure. They did not follow proper channels. So at this at this current moment in time, there are people out here in this world who may or may not be able to do the procedures because I was a new instructor. It was less than a year. There was no way that I could properly check off each person by myself and see them do the technique correctly because you only have a certain allotted uh, amount of time to teach the class and then you have to end the class so they have so that they can move on or go on to whatever else it is that they needed to do for that day so that was that that's what happened and um that's a true story <laughs> so talk about things that are wrong and like i have the receipts i got the emails that i sent them and i i requested help and so this is just to say that people will go the extra mile to try to hurt someone else to discriminate against someone else to mistreat someone else but when they do stuff like that there's a ricochet effect and it hurts other people because now this organization is in breach of contract with the American Heart Association. And now because American Heart Association didn't investigate or look into this incident, then now they have, they are not um, doing what they say that they're doing. Their, their mission and vision is not being upheld because now they have people out there carrying their card saying that they're with this organization as a credible organization and they did not receive what it is they were supposed to receive. And they didn't investigate it. They didn't look into it. And, and then on top of that, we have leadership and management who are unethical and they're practicing illegal uh, you know, they're doing illegal practices. They're breaching contracts, but they're here still getting paid on these state in these state organizations. And this is what we have to look forward to. So that means that when someone, just because someone's carrying a card and they say they have CPR or um, first aid, you don't know what the instructor did or didn't do. You don't know what they were taught or not taught. So if there's a legal case or if there is a medical issue, then the attorney may go in and say, well, they have this and that. But the truth of the matter is, maybe they didn't get what they needed to get. Maybe they weren't trained properly. And maybe that person was um, hurt due to the negligence of that person, of that instructor, of that facility. And it's just a trickle-down effect. And at the end of the day, the person that's most vulnerable is the one that gets hurt at the end of it. Now, isn't that sad? And all of that was fueled on someone's unprofessionalism, their dislike, unfounded dislike at that, their mistreatment of another person, their disrespect, and that it, and it all ended up, you know, it, it's a snowball effect and it's terrible because these things are still happening. And the same way it happened to me, I'm sure that it happened to somebody else. And like I said, I have the receipts, I have the emails and the paperwork to prove it, that I tried, I tried. I didn't know, I found out, and we'll talk about that. I found out that the corruption went all the way up. And boy, when you hear how far it went up, it's just, um, disheartening is not the word disappointment is not the word so anyhow thank you all for listening to the true stories of surviving a toxic and hostile work environment talk to you next time
and I hope that you are surviving in, in yours. <laughs>